What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! It is a Thursday get-together here on Birds 365, a news-filled Thursday get-together that we will uh, give you for the next two hours. Appreciate you tuning in. It is the Mac and Mac guys on Birds 365, John McMone and Jody McDonald. Uh, when last we spoke, Birds fans, 22 hours ago, um, yours truly after we wrapped up the show, talked to Johnny Mac for a couple of minutes, had some stuff I had to get done around the house and less than a half an hour after we signed off, I got my phone in my back pocket, and here comes the text from John McMullen. Yeah, as soon as the show ended, the Eagles have announced that they have signed James Barbary to a one-year contract. Uh, I don't know exactly when the news broke, but it was less than a half an hour after the show. They do this on purpose, don't they, Johnny Mac? They try and get their uh, key official announcements out there somewhere before 1030 but after you and I have signed off here, I'm I, you know, I, I, my ego's not that big yet to say they do that, but it's funny the coincidence. It always happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see it coming. I, I thought it would take a little bit longer. The one part I did get right is one year, ten million. I thought that's where the Eagles would go uh, if the market sort of came down to that. And evidently it did, and they moved. They moved quickly. This wasn't last year where they waited, 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 waited. So I think they had their number. If Bradbury was willing to accept it, and remember, 
I kind of, you know, speculated on the, the pitch and, you know, it's pretty easy playing opposite Darius Slay. You can make a lot of money. You make a lot of plays, uh, have the ability to make plays because they're not going to target Slay that much. Um, and you can get right back on the free agent market next year. And for a guy like Bradbury, remember the time of the year as well, because everybody's at the 90 man limit for the most part, or, or a player or two, they've already budgeted for their significant players. So it, it was a difficult time to hit the market for him as well. Um, so now he can, he can play, he can play well, and he has the ability to hit the free agent market again and get, get back to where he thinks he should be at, on the cornerback market. So great signing. There's no, there's no way to poke holes in this signing, Jody. I mean, this was a significant need uh, for the team, despite what they would say about Zach McPherson and, and Tay Gallen and Kerry Vincent, et cetera. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you have a Pro Bowl cornerback on one side, a four-time Pro Bowl cornerback. You have an ex-Pro Bowl cornerback on the other side. And oh, by the way, Avante Maddox is one of the best top 10 slot corners in this league. All of a sudden, eh, where are the – I'm looking for him, Jody. I got to look under – where are the word out ready people? Where are they? Are they still here? Right. There, there have been some. And the key guy who has not bought into that, is the general manager of the Eagles, Harvey Roseman, who, despite Jeff Lurie hedging this offseason when they had the uh, meetings this year and Jeff did one of his very infrequent media availabilities, he said the Eagles are going to try and walk that fine line and balance between getting better in 2022 but also keeping a tight eye on the future and getting the team better and having assets for the future in place as well. Well, that tilted. It hasn't been a split-down-the-middle decision kind of thing. Now, they've done certain things. Hassan Reddick's a three-year signing, and I expect Hassan Reddick to be uh, a top-flight uh, pass rusher for a minimum of two years, if not all three of his contract. The Eagles did what they did and added the talent they did in the draft, which you know you're getting a minimum of uh, four years out of all your players, fifth year for your uh, uh, first-round draft pick uh, if you pick up the fifth-year option. Hopefully those guys turn into decade-long players for the Philadelphia Eagles. So certainly draft players are ones that you look toward the future. But this signing with James Bradbury, Kazir White, they've made a couple of moves that have basically stamped them as, oh, we're in it for 2022. This is a for-this-year kind of move, which you know I've been banging the drums. As soon as Bradbury, shoot, I started when Bradbury was still a member of the Giants when speculation was running rampant that the Giants would either trade him, doubted it, or they'd have to be forced to eventually release him because they had given him so much money. He was counting so much against their cap this year that they had to do what they did. And I thought he was a perfect fit for the Eagles, knows the divisions, played against the Cowboys and the Commanders the last several years, knows all the Giants because he played against them in practice. So he was a perfect fit here. He's one year removed from being a top 10 cornerback in the league. He didn't have as good a year this past year. He wasn't as good in 21 as he was in 20. Well, Patrick Mahomes wasn't as good this year as he was the previous year. Did we write off Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. I told you I thought he was a top 10 cornerback. I told you I thought he was going to get paid as a top 10 cornerback. Probably only a one-year prove-it deal like you just laid out there. 
come in, have a really good year, go back out into the market again next season. That's what I thought he would do. That's what I thought would be the kind of contract he would command. And he did. 7.5 that can go to $10 million. He got market value. Now, a lot of Eagle media guys were saying, well, they'll wait. And if he comes down below market value, then Howie Roseman might be ready to pounce. Oh, no, Howie was ready to go to market value. Didn't blatantly overpay him. Didn't give him a three-year deal with money counting down the road into the cap. No, one-year deal that they could afford. Uh, no announcements on whether they had to uh, move money from other people's contracts to open up a little space. Supposedly, had, they had $10 million. Uh, this will be a signing bonus type deal where they'll be able to bring it down a little bit under the market. If it's incentives of $2.5 million to get it to 10, those incentives probably won't be ones that will count against their cap. I think they're now dancing right up against the cap. I think this is probably their last big move of the offseason, but I think it's an outstanding one. You kind of uh, referred to it between big play slay. Uh, James Bradbury and Avante Maddox and most teams in the league now have three cornerbacks on the field for what about 80% of the time that you got three 60, cornerbacks? Yeah, 60% of the time. So is that all? Yeah. Significant portion. I mean, maybe if you're that good, maybe it becomes more, but I think it, it has more to do with run support at times you have to have it, the extra linebacker on the field, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, one of the one of my pet peeves is what's your base defense? Four three, three, four. Nobody's base defense is four three. Base defense is nickel now. Right. That, it's, because it's, they're it's on three yeah. cornerbacks, exactly yeah. right. They're on the field uh more than anybody else, the third corner. Now, at times, obviously, you can't, you know, especially against certain teams, they're playing and Abonte Maddox talked about this a little bit yesterday. If they're playing twenty one. Mike K, our buddy Mike K, asked him a question, uh, you know, a football-centric question about 21 or 12, and he's, he said, well, I'm probably not going to be on the field, <laughs> you know, because you got to take them off, especially if there's a fullback on the field, which is rare in today's NFL. But, yeah, then obviously they have to come off. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, this is the best duo since at least Lito Shepard and, and Sheldon Brown for Philadelphia, you might have to go back to Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor. That's how good this duo is. And then when you throw in the, the nickel corner, this is this might be the best group the Eagles have had, certainly in the modern era. It definitely is in the modern era. Since football has changed and become the, the passing first game, it's the best group of cornerbacks they've ever had, period. Agree wholeheartedly, and Bradbury is a key piece. I think he's probably the final piece. Um, can they attempt to pull a trade to get someone to upgrade their other starting safety position? Uh, we've been talking about this for the better part of a month now. Is Marcus Epps ready to become a full-time player? He was a, a really solid rotational player last year. As of right now, he looks like he's going to be a full-time starter. Uh, I thought it was much more, much more important that they get an upgraded cornerback than at safety. If they got to go with Epsi, I think I can probably live with Epsi. And he was one of the guys that uh, got a chance to speak to the media yesterday. So I'll get your take on that in a second. But I thought that the corner was more important than the safety as far as, as, as an addition went. 
and they got a guy and they didn't have to give up any draft capital to do it. All they had to give up was cap space. And he seemed yeah, to want to I come know. here. I saw our buddy Johnny Clark got him at the airport. That's Mr. Takeoff, John Clark. Uh, and I like what he had to say. He chose Philadelphia. He likes the Eagles defensive line and the pressure they can get. Your best friend sometimes as a D-back is uh, your defensive lineman teammates who get pressure on that quarterback. I think it was a big-time addition for the Birds yesterday. No, I agree. Uh, it was never, you know, for me, the doubts were never about the football aspect of it. It was about sort of if you look at Honey Badger's contract. Look, I, I thought Bradbury was going to get three years. You know, I thought the Eagles would probably beg off at, you know, eight figures. Uh, and I think they would have, to be honest, if, they, if that contract was out there for them. Um you know, but one year, 10 million, that's what I put it at. And I assume the incentives are going to be really easy for them to reach. Uh, and basically, my guess is they'll just be if he's playing, he's getting 10 million. So if he doesn't get hurt, he's probably going to get that full 10 million. Um, that would be my guess. Uh, you can't so, criticize no, but- it from a football standpoint. You can't criticize it from a football standpoint. I do think, and we'll, see this in the coming days when the contract gets filed there's probably going to be some voidable years on there so on paper it's probably going to be a three-year deal you know to spread out the cap hit with two voidable years or something like that one of those uh, howie jake rosenberg bookkeeping tricks but mm-hmm. um you know one year 10 million that's that's good for both sides i think yeah, so uh, did you think, because I know others did, you actually thought that he was going, when I say he, I mean Bradbury, was going to command a contract like the Honey Badgers? That the Honey no, Badgers I said, no, York- not necessarily. I said if he did. I didn't think the Eagles were going to multiple years, basically. I, you know, so if it were three years, $30 million, instead of one year, $10 million, I don't think the Eagles would have went there. Um, but the, I think the calendar helped them. Um, you know, because if he gets released at the beginning of free agency, he's not here. He's right. getting, he's getting multiple years. He's getting probably a little bit more than he got probably, you know, maybe not whatever he's set scheduled to make 13.4 or something of that nature. Um, he probably would have gotten 11, 12, multiple years and he's probably not here. So I think the calendar helped the Eagles uh, a lot when it came to James Bradbury. I know Adam Schefter reported there were 11 teams that were interested. Now think about that this time of year, Jody, with with the calendar again. That's over 33% of the league interested, and they're already filled up. So that kind of tells you people still think he can play. Now, a lot of those teams might have been, hey, we'll sign you for one year, $5 million. And, right. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean all that much. But the fact that 11 teams are are calling up at this time of the year is significant. Um, and, you know, the Eagles, when, when the Giants were trying to trade uh, Bradbury, they wouldn't take the Eagles' calls, which is understandable. Um, they don't want to trade him in the division. And it worked out anyway for the Eagles. So. You know, thumbs up. And, you know, remember, we go all the way back because we're on every day, Jody. That first week of free agency, that first time, what's how we do it? How we just live? How we better get in on this? 
Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Right. Be disciplined. Bang. Because they did bang, sign, bang. They signed Hassan Reddick as quickly as they did. So people were looking for three or four moves in that first week. No, it doesn't work that way. They got a key and significant guy into the fold, week number one, multi-year contract, three-year deal. Yeah, that's what the first wave gets. They get the multi-year deals. They get the longer-term commitments. The guys who don't are more like one-year make-good type deals. If you're getting released in May, then that's absolutely the road you're going to be going down. That's why I kind of laugh and poo-poo the, ooh, 11 teams were interested in them. Yeah, well, what were the offers? Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, well, we'll give you the veteran minimum the if part. you want to come down and play for us. Yeah, it's, thank you very much. It's a two-minute conversation. You hang up on the guy. My guess is there were probably two or three, three or four teams that were in the neighborhood that had ended up getting a deal done, the seven going to ten type deal. There were probably a couple that were uh, had the ability to do it and knew how much uh, that Bradbury would be an upgrade for them. The Eagles were the best of the bunch, and that's why he chose to come here to Philadelphia. He's already comfortable playing against the other teams in the division, knows them well enough, has a chance to succeed playing across from big play Slay. Uh, Howie Roseman played the, the waiting game perfectly. Didn't wait too long and watch the players sign somewhere else. Didn't overreact and overpay for a guy like Bradbury. I think he got him at exactly market value, what the market probably held, I wouldn't put an emphasis on 11 teams. I'd like to know what the offers were out of a handful of those teams. But they got the job done more so than anybody else. And right now, I think they have as good a three-man cornerback combo as anyone in the National Football League. Yeah, I agree. And from the standpoint, I just think the 11 teams, the more important part of the 11 teams, again, is the time of year and the fact that, you know, most of these teams have already said, all right, we have our plans. We're, 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 we're going in this direction. And, and even if they took the time to say, all right, you know what, Bradbury's out there, let's go get Bradbury. Even if it's pie in the sky, you know, I don't think anybody would have offered them the veteran minimum, but even if it was pie in the sky and say one year, 5 million. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll give you that. Come in and play. That's still pretty significant this time of year. Not, not, you know, not at the beginning of free agency, you know, that's not significant, but at this time of the year, I think it's a pretty significant number because teams talk themselves into players. I tell you this all the time, Jed. They go, they go. oh, we don't got to worry about that. We got so-and-so in the draft. And then they get to August, and they watch so-and-so on the field in August, and they go, oh, crap, we got we to gotta, we gotta fix this quick. Um, happens every year in this league. So um, I, think it, I do think it was pretty significant uh, that 11 teams uh, were, were trying to talk to James Bradbury. And – but you're right. Nobody thinks about the back end. And that was my first question. Well, yeah, but how much, how serious were they? Um, and again, if it were March, I, I wouldn't blink an eye. In, in, in May, I, I think it's more sig significant. Here's the reason why you and I don't see this one the same. How many teams in the National Football League, if they could add James Bradbury tomorrow as their CB2, he wouldn't be an upgrade over the guy they have right now? More, way more than 11. Right. 
So if there were only 11 that had interest in him, I don't know what the hell was wrong with the other teams that didn't at least inquire about his services. Well, that's just what I was saying, Jody. That's how this league works. They're like, well, we don't need him because we drafted so-and-so. Or we got this young kid who's ready to step up. The whole league acts that way. The Eagles were paying lip service to it with Zach McPherson take out, but obviously it was just lip service. The whole league has been like that for years. And then I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. They say the same thing, and they think the draft pick, the third-round pick, forget about first-round picks. It's, it's very unlikely first-round picks hit the ground running right away. I mean, yeah, you can look at it. Certain guys do. Micah Parsons last year. You know, there's always a, a handful of guys that are just ready to go. But – you know, for the batsman, and when you start talking about second and third round picks, it becomes less and less likely. But every year, these teams say, "Oh no, we drafted so and so in the second round. We're gonna we're gonna plug him in. We're gonna he's plug and play." And then they get to August, and then they go, "Oh my God, we made a mistake. He's not ready." Um, and that's why I think it's a little bit more significant at this time of year because all these teams, all those teams you were talking about, Jody, and the smart ones are the ones who called. And the smart ones who can look at themselves honestly right. are the ones that called. The other ones are the ones I'm talking about. And they're saying, Oh, we got we got this, we got we got blah 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 in the third round. And I don't want to insult anybody, but you you get the point. Um odds in the history of the NFL. They might be good players in a year or two or three, but odds are they're going to struggle mightily. One of my favorite sayings ever that I say all the time from Jim Schwartz, start yeah. up costs with young players. And everybody forgets it. Everybody forgets it. The Eagles do not have to worry about that because the only startup cost is going to be plugging James Bradbury in across from Big Play Slay, and uh, that gives the Eagles bookend corners is going to put pressure on one guy in the organization, though. That would be Jim Schwartz's uh, predecessor, uh, Jonathan Gannon. We, we, when we had questions about Gannon last year, we tried to be fair and honest and say, yeah, but does he have the weapons necessary? Harry Roseman has gone out and given him more weapons, given him more talent on the defense. We'll talk about that extensively over the course of the show today. Coming up next year on Birds 365, Hunter Brody from 97.5, the Fanatic, scheduled to join us. We'll chop it up with Hunter next on Birds Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Your Mac and Mac duo here on Birds 365, McMona McDonald, joined by Hannah Brody from 97.5 The Fanatic, which means he's in touch with you Eagle fans all the time, giving you the chance to chime in. Uh, I would say the tide has turned a little bit for Howie Roseman. We know there's always going to be Broads, Howie lovers and Howie haters. I think the lovers are actually winning out on this offseason, and well, they should, because I think the general manager's done a dynamite job at upgrading this roster. He absolutely has. What's up, fellas? What's going on? What's up, Hunter? I like the backdrop. Look at that. Broads Media. We got sports talk with Broads. I like it. I yeah, like you know it. what? I had a I had a canvas on my wall for about five years, and I thought, it's time. It's finally time <laughs> to make the upgrade here. So here we have it. But yeah, in terms of the Eagles, this is a hell of an offseason. You think about where they were last year, and now all the pickups on defense and Reddick and Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean, and now you got Bradbury opposite of Slay. It's pretty wild to think of how everything is. I didn't even speak on A.J. Brown yet. So just yeah. thinking about where they were last year and where they are now, it is night and day, and it's it's pretty exciting. So where, where do you think this excitement level, that's what I love about Hunter. You bring it up a level. Uh, where do you think this fan base is going to be? Yeah, we, we, we got the, Jody's got the coffee as well. That's, but you that's, can't that's what it is. Energy. That's <laughs> a Nick Sirianni energy-like level. Um, where do you think this fan base is going to be? They're going to be unrealistic now? Uh, have we turned that corner to where it's like, I always like to say that we're not ready crowd. You had them the first week, 10 days of free agency. Well, we're not ready for this. We're not ready for this. We can't do this. We can't do that. Now you mention all the names, Bradbury being the latest. Is that going to change? You see Jalen Hurts is all of a sudden an MVP candidate. The odds are coming down. Is is it going to be uh, uh, that sort of uh, 
back and forth? Are they going to go too far to the excitement level, the optimism level? Probably. I mean, last year I was hearing three wins and I had them around six and they won nine, obviously, which was fun to see considering the expectations weren't high. And then now I'm hearing 13. So it's like, oh, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, probably is going to be a little aggressive. And I am a Howie Roseman supporter. But other than 2017, realistically, one of these pickups that we're super excited about probably won't pan out as much as we would like to. Or maybe N'Kobe Dean isn't as ready. Like, I'm just saying in a hypothetical world one of these moves probably won't be as flashy as we would like it to be so that's always in the back of my mind but realistically I think we should be excited and I know a lot is on the quarterback and I think just naturally maybe with a better defense with Jonathan Gannon hopefully being able to you know do a little bit sharper than he did last year with the talent that's on the roster now maybe turnovers can put the football in a better position for Jalen Hurts where just because things surrounding him are better defenses now have to look at Devontae Smith and Antonio Brown differently and Quez Watkins maybe as the third could be more uh, available even though at times I thought he was last year maybe the quarterback just didn't get him the ball but if we're looking at Jalen Hurts wondering can he get it done my question is is there enough surrounding him now where the level of demanding him to be perfect isn't as intense as maybe it would be if the roster wasn't as good, if that makes sense? Let me ask you this, bro. See if you're on the same page with me here. Um, One of the big reasons why they signed James Bradbury yesterday was A.J. Brown. And my line of logic there is, Jeff Laurie said back at the owners meeting, we're trying to walk a fine line to do what's best for the team in 2022 but keep an eye on the future that we're going to always look toward making the Eagles a better team down the road. They'd basically done that until the AJ Brown signing or uh, trade. Uh, When they acquired him, you said, damn, we can, we can win this division this year. We can finish atop the NFC East. We need to slant it a little bit more toward 2022. And that's what you do when you sign a guy like Bradbury for a one-year deal, you're just looking to get better this year. Do you think the A.J. Brown tilted the table a little bit to make the Eagles more of a now team? I'm sure it it changed their mindset a little bit more, but I always went back to, because I would have these discussions on air all the time about, well, does Howie Roseman know that he needs that spot, or is he just going to keep it maybe a McPherson or something along those lines thinking with the new guys up front, there could be more pressure, which would be less pressure on the secondary and go down that road. But I feel they knew that that spot needed to be fixed, right? They knew that spot needed something, even if it was something similar to an Anthony Harris, like, you know, someone who just, you could slot in there. Maybe that ends up being Bradbury at the end of the day. Like I said, maybe it's more of a average Bradbury than it is a pro bowl level Bradbury, which it seems we're already, slotting him into being a stud again without really knowing if that's going to be the case. But I feel that regardless on if they got A.J. Brown or not, that hole in the roster was obviously going to need something because McPherson wouldn't have been able to hold his own jockstrap probably in that area. So I don't know. I don't know if it, it would have if it would have changed things in terms of getting a different player there, but in terms of the mentality and, and having a different mentality of of, uh, you know, what to expect this season? Maybe that played a role? Um, You mentioned that kind of, uh, you know, and I said, Jody, before you came on, Hunter, uh, this might be the best group of cornerbacks the Eagles have had since uh, 
really in the modern era. I mean, from a duo standpoint, you got to go back to Lido and Sheldon Brown. Maybe you got to go back to Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor. But in the modern era, since it's became this pass-heavy um, league, which is only 10 years, really, if you if you really want to. This is by far the best. And you had Avante Maddox in the mix, who's a top-10 slot corner coming off last season. By far the best group of corners. There's injuries in this league. That's what this league is about, attrition. And you still, Zach McPherson, you mentioned, is the first guy off the bench. Then Tate Gowan. I mean, the depth is still a concern. I think that's realistic. But I, w- I want to go this way with you because there were, a, and I don't want to call them excuses because I'm one of these people. I think they're explanations. You know, I gave a lot of explanations for why Jonathan Gannon uh, uh, called games the way he did. Um, there's no more explanations. You know, they're not going to, there are, there can be, but nobody's going to listen to them because you have Bradbury, you have Jordan Davis, you have Nicobe Dean, you have Kaiser White, you have all this, these additions added to what you already have. And then we go to the offensive side of the ball. We all know the pressure Jalen Hurts is under. Who's under more pressure? Jalen Hurts to perform because he's got everything now at his disposal or Jonathan Gannon because he's got everything at his disposal. It's a great question. And by the way, I might have, uh, the, I'm just looking at the chat here. Did I say Antonio Brown at one point? Yeah, you I, did. But it it, might, okay. AJ. Yeah. yeah I, it, people are like, I, people yeah, do that. Settle I, I down. I, yeah, I totally meant AJ yeah. Brown. Brown. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I would say the quarterback just because it's the quarterback. But there is a lot of pressure on Jonathan Gannon. And I'm definitely one of those who's focusing in heavily because I knew that there were limitations in that roster last year, as everybody did. But to see the historic rate of what Derek Carr was doing and, and all these guys, 90% completion percentage. Even if <laughs> us three were playing cornerback, I feel it would be hard for quarterback quarterbacks to throw 90 plus percentage like it's impossible so if we were lined up at the cornerback position i need think a couple be, drops on her yeah, so they'd yeah, be completing left and right well, <laughs> you could be the slot guy then but <laughs> I, but honestly though like I, it's it's so ridiculous at times on what was being thrown out there with allowing guys to be so wide open and also i think that there's a lot of pressure on both but just the nature of the quarterback position and knowing how we react to every quarterback ever in the history of Philadelphia Eagles history. I think more pressure is going to be on Jalen Hurts, and I'm fascinated to see what Jalen Hurts we get. I have expectations that he will be better than he was last year. The way that he works, his dedication, the way that he's obsessed with the craft, it's phenomenal. It's everything we would like, but I don't know at the end of the day if that jump is going to be enough to satisfy not only the fan base, me, you, everybody else involved also, but really the people that matter most, which is Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman. So this is going to be so interesting for Jalen Hurts. I have no idea what to expect. I believe it'll be better than last year. But is it going to be enough? We're, we're going to find out. All right, Brody. Expectations are always a key. And we've already referenced the radical fringe of Eagles fans. Some to one end, some to the other, some in Negadelphia, some in fantasy land. Let's try and center in on the middle, which are realistic expectations. The Eagles finished second in the division last year. Not really close against the Cowboys, who won it by a couple of games. Not a tiebreaker, won it by a couple of games. 
but you have to add in the fact that the Eagles played the JV the last game of the season. So that did make the difference a little bit uh, circumspect as to how much it actually was. But with the moves they made this offseason, the lack of moves that the Cowboys have made, as we sit here objectively, have the Eagles caught the Cowboys in the NFC East? It's close. I would say I see them as a 10 and 7, 11, maybe type of win team. I know in theory it's easy to say, well, they won nine last year and look at all the additions that they made. It's clearly going to be a huge jump. And I mean, it's hard to make that type of leap. Like I said, I'd laugh if someone told me 13 right now. And who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. But I see them maybe as a 10 and 11 win team with winning one playoff game. Is that a fair with uh, with a second year head coach, which I like Nick Sirianni and entering last season I thought the three questions were who's Jalen Hurts who's Nick Sirianni who's Jonathan Gannon I need more info on Nick Sirianni but I'm in a good place understanding kind of what he's all about in his vibe so I think that's off the checklist and now it's who's Jalen Hurts and who's Jonathan Gannon those are more of my two questions where last year I had three but I could see this team realistically maybe winning double digit wins and then winning in the first round of playoffs and winning that game which would be a great jump honestly in my opinion, and if that's the case, if that happens, then I feel Jalen Hurts is, is your quarterback after, because you what, you make the first year of starting, you're making the playoffs, you get blown out, and it got ugly, and there were a lot of questions about it, then you respond with one win your following season, that would tell me that Jalen Hurts, in, in that in this theory, in this hypothetical theory here, would uh, would be the quarterback in the following season, but I could see that being realistic, is, is that out of touch to you guys? No, I think I had him at 11 potential wins, but coming back to 10, Jody has this exercise. Say, so pick, you know, the, that's a win, that's a loss game. And I like this. And I came up with 11. And But then he said, is it a hard 11? Or w- if you were forced to go up to 12 or go back to 10, which way would you go? And I would go back to 10. So it's more of a, it's more of a soft 11. And, 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 you know, I, I want here's here's how I'm going to talk when it talks Eagles versus Cowboys, Hunter. I want you to put on your Doctor Evil hat, and I want I want you to say you have cloning ability for those who remember Austin Powers. I'm dating myself, <laughs> so you can clone Jalen Hurts or you can clone Dak Prescott. Either one, I don't care. You have the same player pay, playing quarterback for both teams. Who's got the better roster? Who's the better team? I think it's the Eagles right now, but I think the Cowboys are still a tick above. What What's your thought process? Yeah, I think it's close. I mean, I really do. I think it's absolutely close. And every year is so weird, right? The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they're coming off of a 7-9 season. Nobody thought that they were just going to go win the Super Bowl that year. And that doesn't mean it's bad to be viewed as a good squad because the Buffalo Bills are viewed as a good squad. The Packers are viewed as a good squad. The teams that do make runs and do make some noise in the postseason are looked at as a good squad entering the season as well. But it is always strange where there's a team that you don't have high expectations for that end up doing well and I'm just saying I think the Cowboys as of late had some buzz generated and they didn't live up to those expectations. But are we now not giving them enough credit because of 
what we're doing and trying to say like, oh, they're not as good, but maybe sometimes less expectations might make it a little different of a feel, if you will, when it comes to, you know, when the season begins and all. But if I could clone Dak Prescott, I always feel Dak Prescott gets, and not that he's perfect or any means, but I'll just put it to you this way. If he's my franchise quarterback, I'm not disappointed whatsoever. If I could clone Dak Prescott and you tell me Dak Prescott's your quarterback for seven years in the Philadelphia Eagles uniform over Jalen Hurts, I don't think that that's a horrendous position to be in by any means. And trust me, I would love an Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, a Pat Mahomes, but those are very rare breeds. And uh, if you can if you can have a Dak Prescott, it is, it is a good place to start. I well, we surely have not had you on since uh, before the draft, and the Eagles ended up with the defensive additions. We kind of touched on them. We talked about the pressure being up on Gannon uh, because of the guys that they've gotten in and. Two key additions certainly are the uh, two Georgia boys moving up here to Philadelphia. Uh, Gannon will follow and uh, target how much he plays zone as compared to uh, man-to-man on the outside. How aggressive is he going to be with the blitz? Eagles did not blitz much last year. Was that because they didn't have the guys that he wanted in place to be able to blitz? Does an addition like a Jordan Davis or a linebacker who can actually get upfield like Kobe Dean change how often the Eagles blitz? That's something that always grabs the attention of Eagle fans. They want to know how much are we blitzing. They love the blitz. They've always loved them. I've been here in town 30 years, going back to Buddy Ryan. They love Eagles teams that blitz. Is Jonathan Gannon going to give them what they want? I have no idea. I'll say this about Jonathan Gannon, though. As much as I was very critical of him, and rightfully so, there's more in here, right? I mean, there's got to be more in here, considering how he's viewed around league circles. And trust me, people get things wrong in this league a lot of times when you look at head coaches and things of that nature. But, I mean, it was so awkwardly weird last season after all the buzz around his name was as high as it was at the time of him signing here as the defensive coordinator. So I just imagine that with all of this talent and with all of this skill that you'll be able to see some more versatility with Redick in there and and Jordan Davis, as you said, who can maybe eat up some time and some double teams and then open up the door for other people to kind of explode and get to the quarterback and one name that I don't hear a lot is, and, and maybe you guys do more doing the show, but, you know, Brandon Graham coming back, I think is just going to be so massive. And I know he's a veteran and I know he's <laughs> older and, and maybe he uh, loses a step, if you will. But I think he's one of those players that comes back and, and shows uh, his determination to have a little bit more spark coming back from the injury when maybe there's some doubt on how much left he does have in the tank. So I just think all around, there's so much firepower there that Gannon, maybe it's not necessarily blitz and it's not bringing added pressure and and one extra guy every single time, but the versatility that he could bring with schematics. And, and, you know, the the quarterback thing's interesting, though, because Darius Slay, I want to see him up in the corner as a corner play press coverage and up in the face of wide receivers, jam him at the line of scrimmage, make him uncomfortable, get in their face. But when you look at Bradbury and his ability to do really well in the zone, how how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this to maximize, you know, these two cornerbacks? But there's got to be more in that brain power of Gannon, doesn't there? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, Broads, and it's versatility. You can do a lot of different things. You can do mix and match coverage. You can you can have Z, uh, Slay and Man and and do the old Bill Belichick route and take you know take away one side of the field with Slay and then play zone on the other side. A lot of different things you can do versatility. But to answer Jody's question. I think that answer is easy. 
Not if he doesn't have to. He's right. not blitzing. If he has to, he's got more versatility to blitz anymore. But the goal is to get home with four sure. and to have as many people in coverage. If you could get home with three, you'd get home with three. But nobody can. So everybody wants more players in coverage except Buddy Ryan. But that's a different era. And that's where Eagles fans got to get. This is This is not the same era of football. But we started this thing with expectations, bro. So I want to go there. And, and you know, you've been around long enough to things look good on paper. When the Sixers traded for James Harden in the first game and, and he went off and everybody's like, look at this. What do we have? And then all of a sudden, things don't tend to work out the way they look like they might work you out. Did, or you at didn't least, like how that ended? Well, you were I, in a fan that, of that? I, I said they're going to lose in the second round from day one. So it was rock solid on that prediction. But things have a way of not working out the way people think they're going to work out. So if the Eagles don't live up to these newfound expectations, besides the quarterback, which is obvious, I think, and maybe safety, what's the most concerning part of this team to you that you think, eh, I'm not as high on this as maybe some other people are? Mm. Well, it probably wouldn't be offensive line. Probably wouldn't be wide receiver. I'd be stunned if we're talking about that in a wide receiver department. You, you definitely labeled the obvious in safety in the secondary. I think there's a lot of question marks there. I think you have guys that can hold their own. And look, not every team is going to be elite in every single area. So if you are average in your safety department while you're really good at cornerback and your defensive front is solid, that's still a good structure. So if if I'm going to think outside the box, here's a curveball for you. How about Miles Sanders? I, I just mm. I have I have no idea. <laughs> It's almost like he shows this level of good good play and flashiness, but there's just something missing, and I don't know what that is. And, you know, there, you could talk about fumble issues or missing the, the gaps or missing the reads there with some of his blocking, but outside the box answer, maybe a Miles Sanders. Uh, he just, he confuses me at times. And I think that there's another level in his game that I don't know if he's ever going to reach it or uh, I, I don't know what it is, but. Do you guys smell what I smell when I watch Miles Sanders? Like, there's there's so yeah, much talent yeah. there, but are we getting everything out of him? So oh, to think no. think outside the box. Maybe that's my answer, which is maybe a weird one, but that's where my my mind went. No, I'm with you, and I think it's going to be really hard for Miles to get an extension as a contract. Yeah, I I don't see a path for this reason, guys. And Jody knows I've said this. But he has a great year. Finally, turns into what the Eagles thought Miles Sanders could be. They're not going to want to pay him because of the devaluation of the position. And if he has a bad year and he doesn't live up to the expectations, they're going to say, we're, we're just going to move on. I can't find a path to Miles Sanders being on this team next year. And in a contract year, that's always difficult because he's surely thinking about these things as well. So I like I like your answer. That's yeah, but just to play devil's advocate with myself, I guess, which I tend to do, <laughs> if if they uh you know, if they do underachieve, is the running back gonna be the face of no, why, no, why they didn't no, succeed? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. And the league will help to determine what Miles Sanders is worth. Because I do think he's gonna get the free agency. I think both you and John are right. The Eagles aren't uh we're always wondering about who the next guy, Howie Roseman, is gonna target as an extension possibility. 
It's not going to be a running back. It's not going to be Sanders. It's not going to be anybody else. Uh, they're just not going to go there. So the league will determine when he gets to free agency exactly what his uh, value is. And the Eagles may or may not be uh, shopping in that market. I'll give you another place that it could be. And this bothers me when I even go there. I fear that at some point in the next 300 and some odd days, we're going to say, and uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have re-signed Derek Barnett to a league minimum contract. At some point, you got to move on. You just got to throw up your hands and go, no mas, we give up. We'll see what Brandon Graham's got left in the tank. I hope Brandon plays another two or three years. You have to go one year at a time now, though, with Brandon. And then all of a sudden, I know it's on Reddick is a hybrid player, linebacker slash defensive end. Sweat you made a commitment to. That's not all have a lot of depth at defensive end. That's where I think the Eagles are going to have rebuilding to do. If the guides come up short in those areas next year is defensive end. It's not a position with me with for me with a lot of depth. Yeah, that's a great answer as well. And it's it's funny you bring up Derek Barnett. Yesterday I was talking about the Phils, and I said it's 2022, and I am still talking about Odubel Herrera. Like I cannot <laughs> believe that I'm still talking about Odubel Herrera. I mean, him and Michael Franco. It makes me want to blow my brains out sometimes. But Derek Barnett, I mean, it's it's the same thing. I can't believe we are this deep into it. And man, I mean, you you know, at some point that flag's gonna go right. That 15 yard penalty, the late hit. I mean, here we go. But, um, eh, you know, I, I, some guys, you, if, the way they sold it to you with the role that he's going to be playing with the limitations of his snap count and this and that is a rotational piece, yada, yada, yada. If you got that with a different name, that level of production with a different name, are, are you as upset? Probably not. But I think your answer all around with defensive end is a fair one. But knowing their beliefs and their concepts on how to build a roster with a blink of an eye that whole defensive line i'm sure will be replenished before you know it uh final one from me hunter uh follow uh hunter brody at broads 81 on twitter obviously you can listen to him at 97.5 the fanatic uh sports talk with broads broads media um broadsmedia.com you see the backdrop he's coming up in the world hunter brody i love that backdrop um we never we we're 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 talking about jalen hurts we're talking about jonathan gannon you mentioned a little bit earlier you 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 like nick sirianni the head coach is kind of skating under the radar which is pretty amazing considering where we were last year at this time and Nick is a rookie head coach, and everybody, this isn't ready. What is going on with this guy? You go all the way in the season with the flower, the famous flower press conference. Are you stunned how quickly Nick Sirianni is assimilated to Philadelphia and how many people are like, ah, he's not a concern. We don't have to worry about Nick Sirianni. I think maybe if they just we we liked what we saw. We we saw concepts, we saw beliefs, we saw a coach in the first four or five weeks of the season go with a game plan and it didn't end up working, so he scrapped it and he went to something new. We saw an innovative young guy, which is kind of what we wanted him to be, even though we had concerns just based off the way he spoke to everybody. But we wanted from a distance a young, innovative guy who, you know, can be creative, that can think on his toes, that can change the game plan when needed, and because maybe he showed that recipe, the two 
tone around him is, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable. I almost wonder, and I'm no Jalen Hurts hater by any means. I'm really rooting for the kid because that means maybe next year you can utilize those draft picks on some more game-changing talent up in the first round of the draft, and it would be easier for this organization if he did pan out. But is there even more in Nick Sirianni that he's somewhat handcuffed because of what the quarterback is? Because let's be realistic. If you're going to be a first-year head coach and your first four games is throwing the football 40-something times and then you realize, hey, we got to go in another direction here. What do you really want to do? What does your passing game really want to look like? And things of that nature. But I think it's more of him just showing that he can think on his toes, change week to week, scrap a game plan, come up with something new. And look, he's going to have mistakes with maybe not challenging a play or we don't love a a certain third down call or a certain fourth down call, but that's going to be any coach, especially a young one. But I think that's maybe why we we saw things logically, even if it didn't maybe pan out due to a limited roster, there's details that we saw within his 17 games that we think can work over time. And that's why the emphasis or the the overview isn't as harsh as maybe maybe it is for the quarterback and the and the defensive coordinator. Could well, very well be. Um, all right, John, tell Broads what it's time for. Jody McDonald's favorite aspect. Ah, of- you're getting a hypothetical question, Ooh. Hunter Brody. Okay, hypothetical question coming your way, Mister Brody. Need some coffee for that. You yes, get, feel free to go to the ready. coffee before you answer this hypothetical question, and let me put it in parentheses. And underline, this is not a prediction. This is a hypothetical question. It's going to be a glass half empty one, but this is not what I'm projecting or predicting will happen. I'm just suggesting that it might happen. In the first four weeks of the season, Eagles have what we believe to be an easy schedule. Can be three and one, <clears throat> not impossible, four and oh. Uh, they're winnable games to start the season. Two of them against former mates. One being Carson Wentz down in D.C., the other being Doug Peterson coming home to the link. Eagles will be favorite in both of these games. They should win both of these games. If they come up small and lose, and maybe even lose badly, I'm not talking 31 to nothing against the Bucs in the playoffs last year, but by, by more than a touchdown to one of these two guys next week, which one causes more havoc? Which one brings those expectations down pretty quickly? Ticks off Eagle fans. How can we lose to Carson Wentz? How can Dougie P come in here with the stinking Jags and win at Lincoln Financial Field? If one of those two things happen, which wreaks more havoc in the first month of the season? My instant reaction goes to Carson Wentz just because of the the the. the division rival and how much that would matter in terms of losing a division game. But when you think of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you always just assume that that squad should be getting blown out, even though they have the Trevor Lawrence of the world and they pay $9 million to a Kirk and we'll see what 90 billion. It felt like (laughs) obviously I'm being facetious here on the amount. It's just an obnoxious amount, but, um, yeah, I, I think it would be Carson Wentz just because of the division rival involved. And that would be more painful but if you lose to the Jags, think about how much mm. that would reek too. I can't imagine that though. See, that's here's wh- where. By the way, Hunter, that's where where Nick gets some. You know what? If he loses to Doug Peterson with the Jaguars coming into Philadelphia, he's going to hear it that week. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that with these these two situations, oh, talking about losses in a hypothetical world is always disappointing. <laughs> <sighs> 
Last year, you didn't know what your team was about. And every team is different in January than they are in September, no matter what season it is. You saw that with Tom Brady. You saw that with the New England Patriots where it's two and two in the first four. Are they done now? And then by the winner, they're going on a Super Bowl run and they're doing damage. But I just feel that there's so much more knowledge and information and data on a lot of these guys with Nick Sirianni. And he had a whole year coaching under his belt that I just feel good about this first month of the year and the first four games of the year compared to where we were last year. So it's just so hard for me to envision that. I I can't imagine them coming off to a slow start with just all the knowledge and difference with the head coach. I I really believe that. And the opponents matter too. But I can't imagine them coming off to a slow start this year. Right. That's why I didn't go slow. I just won game. Because if you, God forbid you say the Eagles will be two and two after four. Oh, yeah, Eagle Nation yeah. will come after you hard. And I don't believe that. I believe they – I actually think they got a better chance to be 4-0 than they do 2-2. Two and two, But they're going to have to lose one of them. And if it's either Dougie P or uh, Carson Wentz, yes, it will make a fun week here on the channel. Uh, Bruce, Bruce, it was fun talking to you, bud. Thank you very much for hopping on. We'll be catching you on the Fanatic when you pop up there. Thanks for popping in with us. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Hunter. That's Hunter Brody from 97.5. The Fanatic here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, uh, J-Mac and I still have – I haven't even gotten into the guys who were available uh, by, the, by, by the Eagles as far as uh, media availability yesterday. They talk about their new teammate. They, they got that announcement out there before they brought the, the players front and center. Not before McDonald and McMullen could talk about it, but they did get that over and done with. Uh, so I asked Johnny Mac about if there was anything said yesterday uh, that uh, was of specific. By the way, I haven't gotten credit for my predictions, Jody. My, it, my oh, that's what I mean. That's yeah. why I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, all right. I asked you to hit an over-under on who would be made available. I'm I'm upset. I didn't get one of them. I'm really upset. I missed Devontae Matt. That was a bad job by me. See, I did a good job overall, but I'm still kicking myself. Didn't you? No, didn't you mention Maddox? I don't think so. I but think I you did. Oh, what, right. the, where you where you went astray was you listen to your boy Ed Kratz. Who yeah, said he's always leading me astray. He did. Kratz. He he absolutely yeah. led you astray, and you went right down that beaten partner path. You should yeah. have stuck with me instead of Kratz. I didn't know Fletcher was going to be up there, but no, you nailed the rest of them. Johnny Mac yeah. got them all right. All right, we'll come back, talk about that next. Uh, also next hour, we got Bo Wolf, our buddy from The Athletic, jumping aboard here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News.
in Philadelphia. We celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, I fake them up. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. by our backdrop. Johnny Mac and I are hanging at the oceans. We appreciate you hanging with us here on Birds 365. Uh, thanks, Garner Brody, for hopping on board, talking all things Eagles with us. We started with James Bradbury as well we should. Um, probably if you're listening to this channel at this time, you know by now, James Bradbury, one-year contract with the Eagles, uh, $7.5 million with incentives, probably relatively easy to earn, playing time, games played and the like. He's not going to have to have 12 picks to earn that 2.5 million extra to take it up to uh, 10 million dollars but he got market value um that i thought he could get even though he was released as late as he was in the free agency process good for the eagles they weren't looking to save a couple of bucks on the front they saw a need they saw a player who filled that need they made a team in their own division weaker by bringing him in a year I think they can beat the Giants twice anyway with or without Bradbury, but that now makes it that much stronger. <laughs> that's, that's true, by the way. With, uh, with or without him. With or without Bradbury, the they still uh, should take the Giants down twice this year. And you you touched on this earlier. When I asked you to give me a number on the Eagles this season, the schedule came out, you put your W's and L's up there. We both landed at 11 and 5. Last year, we both landed at uh, nine wins, and sure enough, the Eagles won nine games. And this year, we both came out at 11 wins for the Eagles. We even both said, if you couldn't go to 11, you either had to go up to 12 or back to 10, we'd both go back to 10, which meant it was a soft 11 wins. That's what Bradford signing yesterday uh, moved the needle for me. I would go now a hard 11 wins. That if you said, mm. Jody, it's not going to be 11, you got to go either up to 12 or back to 10. I would go up to 12 before I would go back to 10 now. That's hmm. that's the kind of impact that he's got, uh, at least for me, in Eagles defense this upcoming season. I would still go back to 10, but it has nothing to do with Bradbury. I'm, I mean, he makes him a better team. It has more to do with, you know, 
I, 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 my concern to be a really good team in this league, it's always about consistency. And more than anything else, I always say Pete Manning is the best regular. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Season quarterback I've ever seen. And maybe Aaron Rodgers is kind of pushing him to that. And the reason why is because they're so consistent every year. I used to joke about Indianapolis, you know, a bad season for Indianapolis started with 10 wins. That was a bad season when Peyton started kicking in. That was a bad season. Double digit wins was terrible for that team. Um, An average season was 12. And then a good season, you went up to 13, maybe even 14. Um, That's how consistent they were. And that's the next step. You can have a good team. But can you be consistent to do it every week? That's when I look at the Eagles' schedule, those first four games. They should beat Detroit. They should beat Minnesota at home. They should beat Washington. They should beat Jacksonville. But I don't think they're going to go 4-0. I can't can't assume consistency this early to be that good of a team. And a lot of it, People are going to kill me. A lot of it has to do with the quarterback. I have to see it first. You have to be consistent from week to week to week to week. Um, That's very fair, John. The, the The quarterback wasn't consistent last year. Yeah, He had games where you were wowed. He made plays with his legs that had you coming up out of your chair, even through an occasional great pass. But then he'd have wild passes that weren't even close and uh, offensive efforts by this team that you just knew – weren't going to be good enough, even against some lesser light teams where you said, well, it's good we were playing them this week because if we had done that against the Buccaneers or the Packers or the Cowboys, that wouldn't have been good enough. That's a very fair evaluation of uh, Jalen Hurts last year. He was way too inconsistent. So if you're looking for consistency out of the Eagles, it's all got to start with him. He has to be a much more consistent. Yeah, and that's why I still go 11. And if you force me to go a, a one way, I'm going to go back because of that consistent. doesn't really have anything to do with the corner. Um, you know, Bradbury should make him a better team. That's my bigger concern is the consistency and why it's a little bit of a softer number for me. Is the reason why I would go up rather than come back down. It's the schedule they really do have an easier schedule this year. And part of it is the fact that it's the commanders twice and the giants twice. They're in a soft division again this year, but they, 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 they lost twice to Dallas last year. And truth be told, neither game was competitive. I really only count one of the two. And that was early in the season when they got out down in Dallas by the Cowboys. We didn't learn anything from the last game of the season when the Eagles played the JV against the Cowboys. That's not happening this year. They got to beat the Cowboys. And the game at home where you would think that you'd have a better chance to win than down in Dallas doesn't mean they can't win in Dallas. Doesn't mean they can't go on two again this year against Dallas. But you would hope that what the two rosters say as of right now is, yeah, it's a toss-up in the NFC East. And if that's the case, 
you should win one against Dallas, lose one against Dallas. You would think more likely that uh, you're going to win the home game week six. That's early in the season. If you start looking at the schedule and believing they can start 2-0 and and you're going to beat the Cowboys week six with Arizona slammed in between, man, how optimistic could we get with this team if we oh, believe yeah, they're going to well, beat yeah. Dallas and they then, get that week then six you, win? Then you'd start really talking. But you're right about the schedule. I mean, one of the things about the schedule, and it's amazing because the Eagles have had easy schedules, let's be honest, for um, a number of years now, mainly because of the NFC East and how weak the NFC East has been. But this year they're playing the NFC North, right? So you have Detroit and you have Chicago. Two of the four teams are just, you know, they they look like they're not going to be that competitive. Then you have the AFC South, same thing, right? Two of the four teams, Jacksonville, um, Houston, shouldn't be that competitive. Um, yeah, I mean, the schedule is, as NFL schedules go, is easy. Um, but that's the thing about the NFL. Everybody's got good players. Detroit's got good players, believe it or not. Jacksonville's got good players. It's not like college where, you know, Alabama's playing whatever, whoever they put early in their schedule, Sanford or forget about, you know, the bad teams in the SEC. You know, they're even going to roll over them. In the NFL, everybody can beat you if you're not consistent, if you're not consistent. I uh, just I heard this 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 morning. I had not noticed it. Shame on me for not noticing it. Thanks uh, to the guys on the NFL Network for pointing it out. First two weeks of the season, Johnny Mack. Who did the Eagles play? Uh, Detroit and Minnesota. Two teams with losing records from last year. Correct. Uh, correct. Correct. Uh, who are the first two teams the Cowboys play? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you. How about the Buccaneers and the Bengals? Mm. Eagles get Lions, Vikings, Cowboys get Bucks, Bengals. First two weeks of the season. I'd say the Eagles are starting with an easier schedule than their main opponent in the division. And it works itself out over the 17 games. The Cowboys also have an easy schedule for the same reason the, the Eagles do. And Cowboys so it's actually have an easier schedule than the Eagles because they play the Eagles and the Eagles have to play the Cowboys and the Cowboys had a better record than the Eagles did last year. So yeah. we add it all up. The Cowboys have the easiest schedule in the National Football League this year. The Eagles have the second easiest schedule in the National Football League this year. The only difference being, yeah, they play each other and the Cowboys had the better year. Last and, year. and we don't think about it, but, you know, you bring it up. So that's got to be one of the more difficult maybe the most difficult portion of the Cowboys schedule I don't have it in front of me as I said but yeah I do. um if if you know you better get off to a good start if if, if that's going to be where the Cowboys struggle the most so that makes it even more important but I really find it hard that this team's going to be four now I just hope it's not two and two. Two and two would be a disaster. Three and one would be fine. Three and one is what I expect. I expect them to lose to either Minnesota or Washington and start um, the season three and one, which would be fine. 
And even though I do enjoy watching, I watch uh, the NFL Network before you and I come on every single day in case there's some breaking news. I certainly wanted to hear what they had to say about the James Bradbury signing, which it was the lead on the NFL Network's Good Morning Football Show, which, by the way, Miss Kay Adams. Uh, Where's the, Kay going? At Amazon? That has not officially been announced, but been announced, but that's a speculation. She'll be their pre and post game show host for the big Thursday night uh, stream on uh, Amazon this upcoming season. Uh, hasn't hasn't like I said hasn't been announced yet. Um, I usually like Peter Schrager. Oh, has he got a Giants jersey on? I didn't even notice that. Um, he, I think he's very good. Does stuff with Fox as well as well as the stuff on Good Morning Football. He does from time to time slip into his giant fan mode, though. Wow, I didn't even know. I thought he was an Eagles fan. I didn't even know that. Schrager? Yeah. Oh, I no. Had no idea. Oh, no. But I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch the show that much, but he, he, he always is... talks up the Eagles, so I just assume. No, Brant talks up the Eagles. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Schrager's right, a yeah. giant guy, and he couldn't take his giant glasses off today because uh, Brant came on and was singing the praises of the Eagles, and this was a big move, a big addition, and the like. And Schrager went to the, yeah, but didn't we have the uh, offseason a couple of years ago that, quote-unquote, the Eagles won the offseason when Vince Young uh, in He's being back asked, Vince. yeah, Yeah, he went back down the Vince road uh, of Dream Team. Uh, so a- any kind of defense of uh, the Giants – Moving away from Bradbury, he actually said this. He was released by the Giants. So before we get too excited about what the Eagles have done, just remember, they've added a player that was released by the Giants. Come on, Peter, you're better than that. You know why he was released by the Giants. Because your general manager gave him too big a contract. Yeah. He got caught in cap hell. <laughs> the only reason why he was released by the Giants wasn't because the Giants went, Oh wow, this player's gone backwards so badly we don't really believe he could start for us anymore. No, it was a cap casualty. You understand how the National Football League works. These things happen. The Giants paid themselves into a corner and were forced to release him. It was so obvious that they had uh, put out a bad contract. Nobody would trade for the guy. That they knew the Giants were going to release him. They did. And the Eagles were in a position to be able to pay him market value and get him to come here. Uh, usually he doesn't do this, but I thought he was wearing his giant rooting colors on his sleeve today in evaluating the big move in the National Football League yesterday. Uh, no, don't, don't be trying to downplay how much this is going to help the Eagles because the Giants released them. He, <laughs> you don't buy that for a millisecond, do you, Johnny Mac? Uh, no, they didn't release him because... Uh, I guess Aaron Robinson um, would be the starter if they who, rolled who, it out today. Who was that? Who um, that? He was a third-round pick last year. Um, there was some speculation the Eagles, you know, actually when Tom Donahoe uh, and Howie Roseman had their little dust-up uh, in the Milton Williams, and it turned out to be a Lee McNeil uh, is the player that uh, Tom wanted. I thought he wanted Aaron Robinson in the moment because they needed a corner. So, I mean, you know, he's a third-round pick. And, but, no, they're not saying, oh, we have Aaron Robinson. Um, you know, we can get rid of James Bradbury strictly, as you mentioned, the 
salary cap decision and Dave Gettleman, you know, messed up that team from a salary cap standpoint. There's no, no secret. The new powers that be are trying to fix the mistakes that were previously made. And one of them was James Bradbury cost him. And I think it's going to cost him even more when Bradbury picks off a Danny Dimes pass this year in one of the two matchups between the Giants and the Eagles. All right. I got to give you your props because I asked you yesterday, uh, Johnny Mack, you're going to have veteran players made available. Eagles working out this week. So I'm giving you guys a chance to chat up some of the guys. Who do you think is going to be made available? And I said, how many do you think you said? You said usually it's five. I said, all right, then you got to give me five names. And you got to be right on at least three out of five. We're <laughs> setting the over under at three. See if you can get four right. And you rattled off four. And on the fifth, you went to Fletcher Cox. Because we might have done it while Kratz did me dirty. Kratz suggested Fletcher Cox, and you said, yeah, we haven't heard from Fletcher yet. It's probably going to be Fletcher is the fifth one. And I kind of uh, asked you about um, if there were someone else, who would you go? And you and I at the same time both said, how about Epsi? And sure enough, the three that you rattled off, uh, the four that you rattled off were exactly the guys who were made available. And the fifth one was Epsi. If you hadn't gotten Fletcher Cox, you would have gone five for five. McMullen, you would have yeah. swept the category. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ed talked me into it. What can I say? Jay? <laughs> Fletcher typically, uh, Fletcher is typically a guy who talks and, and you know, understands that's part of his job. So it's been a long time. And I think ultimately, you know, obviously wants to put it off because of the contract and all the, the wrangling, but, uh, I thought ultimately, well, he's got to do it at some point. So, you know, three weeks into we're getting a group of players each week. Um, yeah, I bought the argument. I was wrong. It was right. so close. So, and give you props because you were right on top of things. Um, but let's go a step further. And again, I'm going to get killed here on the chat because it's eagle ne- negativity. Um like you said, Fletcher is a guy who often makes himself available. The team offers Fletcher up because he's a a veteran, been here, popular player, handles himself in media situations. They've had a couple now since the uh, offseason started, and Fletcher has not spoken once. Any bl- bad blood that uh, he is not happy with the fact that he was really talk about being released. It's like yeah, Fletcher Cox was released by the Eagles. Oh, but then they turn around and resign him for $14 million. So do you think that maneuvering under the cap had something to do with it? Yeah, I think so, Peter Schrager. Uh, the, these are ways that business is done in the National Football League. It's not just as cut and dry as, oh, he was released. They must think he sucks now. Uh, that's not the way it works. Uh, but Fletcher did have to resign with the Eagles after being released. $14 million, not bad, but only a one-year deal. Um, do you think that all is not hunky dory between the Eagles and Fletcher Cox? Um, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I didn't get the feeling that that Fletcher uh, wanted to leave, um, but the Eagles gave him a lot of money for one year. I mean, a lot of people think the Eagles still overpaid Fletcher Cox by bringing him back at fourteen million. Um, so I don't know. He didn't spend a lot of time free, so that's an indication he didn't want to look around. 
maybe his agent knew he wasn't getting 14 anywhere else. Generally, and I say this all the time, I've lived through it, team, star players won't accept pay cuts from their teams. They'll accept them from other teams. That, that, but it's very hard for star players to accept them from the teams they were on. So maybe there is a little bad blood. I'll tell you the the quick story, and then we got our guy, uh, Bo Wolf from The Athletic, ready to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. I was doing a show with Jacob Media's own, he wasn't Jacob Media's at the time, uh, Barrett Brooks, uh, and we were doing a show for WIP on a uh, remote broadcast. It was Christmas week, leading up to Christmas. A couple of days before Christmas, we were in a, uh, a good bar uh, in Center City, uh, and he and I were doing a show together. And I asked him about Jason Peters. This was a good, solid five years ago when we were in the debating whether they would ask Jason Peters to take a haircut mode if he would renegotiate his contract down. And Barrett just looked at me and said, no chance, no shot, no how. <laughs> the Eagles won't even ask because they know what the answer is. Jason's not taking a haircut. He's still Pro Bowl level. All right, he's dropped a little bit himself. He's not at the level he once was, but he was still a legitimate Pro Bowl level type guy. No, if they attempt to go there, and oh, by the way, chances are Jeff Lurie wouldn't allow Harry Roseman to go there. If they did, Jason couldn't say fast enough, yes, please release me. You you want to try and run a uh, a game on me? No, no, no. God, just give me my release. And the Eels never did. They just stuck with the contract that was in place. Barrett had that one exactly uh, uh, right. They did. They asked Fletcher Cox to probably take a haircut. And he said, no, thank you. Uh, if you don't want to pay me what my contract says, then give me my release. They did and were able to get a uh, contract re-put in place. Uh, and Eagles did so by benefiting to get better salary cap space by it. But uh, they did go there with Fletcher Cox. They didn't go there with uh, Jason Peters. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac. We had our buddy Bo Wolf in the uh, he'll be back. room. He probably just dropped out. He'll be back. We'll we'll believe that we're going to get him uh, relinked in. Bo Wolf, the Athletic Eagles beat guy, next year on Birds Three Sixty Five. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story on that can you search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, 
IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Appreciate your screaming on in here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald. Right, we got one of the best who covered the Eagles day in and day out. He does it for the Athletic. Bo Wolf jumps aboard with us here on Birds 365. All right, Bo, uh, from the day Bradbury was retired, speculate. Ooh, the Eagles could use a guy like James retired. Bradbury. He retired? No, released. Oh, excuse me, was released. <laughs> Thank you. For Malcolm that. Jenkins. Maybe they'll bring him in to play safety. That's possible. What do you there think Malcolm's go. doing with himself these days? He's got plenty to do. I mean, yeah. the, the one thing that always struck me about Malcolm is that nobody like made more use of their time that I've ever met than Malcolm Jenkins. So I'm sure that he's still uh, very busy with all of his, uh, all of his uh, things to do. That's true. He was uh, a, a diligent individual uh, getting out there into the community and everything else. All right. So before I misspoke and said retired, I meant released. Uh, certain speculation popped up that the Eagles should have interest in a guy like James Bradbury. Um, got a one year deal. Market value darn close to it. Seven point five. That can go to ten million dollars. Some people didn't think the Eagles would go that high or that Bradbury was going to get a multi-year contract. The Eagles weren't going to be able to go there or willing to go there. What do you think was the key to James Bradbury ending up as a, as an Eagle? Yeah, you know, I, I was sort of like uh, like the contrarian in me when he got released was like, well, you know, obviously the fit makes sense with the Eagles. But I was thinking that, oh, maybe some other team like the Chiefs will be a little bit more win now, a little bit more willing to. Uh, to pay a premium. Uh, and, you know, that's my mistake for for not remembering that the Eagles are always, you know, the most in win now mode of anybody. So uh, it made sense. It's a, it's an obvious fit. I think, um, you know, the opportunity there's like, he, he gets to step right into uh, an easy starting job and there's not going to be a lot on his plate. Like uh, to play opposite Darius Slay, I think is, is a good opportunity for him. It's an easy, it's an easy scheme fit for him. You know, he's a, he's a, a zone corner through and through, and this is, what he's going to be asked to do. And, you know, the Eagles, the Eagles gave him uh, what is a, a reasonable deal. The Giants are still paying him too. So now he gets to uh, play a year, maybe rebuild his value and go back into the market next year at, at 29 years old, maybe get 
one more shot at a, another big money deal. Uh, Bo, uh, one of the uh, funnest things you and Zach do at The Athletic, uh, read Bo at theathletic.com with Zach Berman, you grade each move. So mm. I haven't checked this out yet. I want to know what the scale you guys use for James Bradbury. And I don't know if you know, but the Giants have struck back by signing former Eagles corner Mike Chiquette. I saw that. that Some of the longest arms in the game, Michael Chiquette. Longest arms. I don't know if that's going to affect your grade, but first I went to scale and, and, and where you guys went with it. Well, you know, this is a this is a sort of a concerning development for Zach because uh, it seems that I'm rubbing off on him too much, which I think is a bad <laughs> is a bad thing because the scale for uh, for James Bradbury was on the on the berry scale. You there know, what, we go. What that type of berry? Sense. And this is like the second time in a row where Zach and I have had the same answer. We both gave it a blueberry. Ah. And uh, so I like I feel like like. You know, it is not good for Zach in the long run that we're starting to think alike. <laughs> uh, you made a really interesting point there, and I want to uh, get you to, to zero in on it even more. You're right in that when the player made the decision and they reported that there were upward of 11 teams that had interest in them. Uh, I I kind of poo poo that number because you don't know how interested well, yeah, they like, really I mean, were. Every team should be calling just to see, right? Like, yeah, right, like exactly. any degree of interest. Yeah. Like, I mean, thirty if teams he, should have if been he's better than more. one of their two starting cornerbacks, you're kind of obligated to call and go, "Hey, James, how would you like to play for us?" Right? You're like, hey, let, is there any dollars? chance that he wants, like, he's got family in Detroit and wants to be here for four million dollars? <laughs> like, you know, you might as well make the call. Yeah. What else are you doing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I I don't think that's that big a deal, but. You made an excellent point in that he comes in here to the Philadelphia Eagles and he's CB2, which has been a phrase that's been created over the last five, six years. We need to rank each player at each position. And, hey, I'm guilty as charged, too. Um, but he is CB2 for the Eagles behind Darius Slay. There aren't that many teams where he is CB2. I'm sure that of those 11 teams, there were some that were having him as CB1, and he would have walked in as their best corner and drew the assignment when they make a decision to go man-to-man and you're going to match up against the other team's best wide receivers. There could have been places that he could have gone and done that. He's not going to be asked to do that here in Philadelphia. It's a calculated risk because you probably aren't going to get beat as often. You're going to probably be able to put up good numbers, which will look nice, what other teams, when you go back out into free agency next year, are going to go, yeah, but we you want CB1 numbers, and you didn't play CB1 last year. You played CB2. You played in a zone defense in Philadelphia. Did James Bradbury make the right decision for James Bradbury? I think he made the right decision for the Eagles, but did he make the right decision for himself if one of the goals is a better contract next year? Well, I think, you know, if if you were to really like play out the CB2 thing, you would imagine that that means more balls probably get thrown his way. And maybe that means more opportunity for interceptions. You know, he had to get a bunch of interceptions two years ago. Um, so maybe that's what uh, he's thinking. I think more likely what he's thinking is the Eagles offered more money. And so <laughs> like that's, you know, that's in the end, that's that's what you do. And then you believe in yourself as a player, you're going to you're going to go out and prove it. So um, my guess is like I, I think oftentimes a lot of these decisions um are uh overthought from the outside and it really comes down to like you know who who paid who, who gave the extra quarter basically right. 
Uh, and I do think it was multiple years uh, in Kansas City or Las Vegas. He's probably in Kansas City or Las Vegas. But um, the way it, it affects the Eagles' defense, Bo, um, you know, there's a lot of versatility now at Jonathan Gannon's disposal. He can, you know, go the old. It seems that way. It seems that way on paper, obviously. We're in May. Um, you can go the old Bill Belichick route. You have Slay locked down one side of the field, play zone on the other side of the field. You can do that. We've talked about the uniqueness of Hassan Reddick up front, and, and they can be multiple, 3-4. Everybody's focused on 3-4 versus 4-3. Who cares? Everybody plays variable fronts. we got linebackers now for the first time in recorded memory. Um, who do you think's got more pressure on, on them right now? Jonathan Gannon or Jalen Hurts? Because we all know what Jalen Hurts is expected to do. Yeah, I think that's that to me was my number one takeaway from this signing is that it, it really puts Jonathan Gannon in a similar position to, to Jalen Hurts. You know, everybody talks about uh, the offense. OK, like Jalen Hurts now has all the pieces. You know, he's got a great offensive line. He's got A.J. Brown now. He's got, you know, four realistic, like real good weapons in the passing game. If you count Wes Watkins, and, and I think I do, uh, the running game should be fine. Now we're going to find out, like, if Jalen Hurts can, uh, you know, can play the guitar, as it were. Like, is, is he good enough? Um, and there's, there are no excuses now. He's got what he needs. The same goes for the defense. And frankly, you know, by the numbers, Jonathan Gannon's performance with the defense last year was worse than Jalen Hurts's as a quarterback. You know, this team finished 25th in defensive DVOA. I would say that Jalen Hurts was probably more like the, you know, 14th, 15th, 16th best quarterback in the league last year. Now Jonathan Gannon has... Uh, big upgrades on the defensive line. The pass rush has been upgraded, which was anemic last year by the numbers. Uh, and I know that there's some disparity in terms of like pass rush win rate, win, win rate versus um, versus their sack numbers. But I tend to, to believe the sack numbers, even though the ball came out quickly. The linebackers, as you said, huge upgrades. The corners have been upgraded. The safety is, you know, still uh, probably about the same as it was last year. And I think that's probably sort of schematic. Um, I think. You know, if Gannon's going to continue to play his safety super deep, then it's not like they need to overinvest in that position. But so now, like, there are no excuses for Jonathan Gannon. It's the second year in the scheme for these guys. Uh, he's got the multiplicity that you think that he wants. And so if he can't turn this defense into, like, a, you know, top 12 defense or so, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big indictment. And I feel like, you know, as much as, uh, as, as Jalen Hurts is under the gun, I think Gannon is too. Now, I would say that, like, who's more under pressure probably hurts just because the Eagles, we know, always, like, would be willing to go out. Yeah. And, right, it's the quarterback, and the Eagles will, will try to upgrade on that position if they can. But I think, um, in my view, like, Jonathan Gannon is more, like, is he good enough? Is he good or not? I think we're really going to find out this year. And you went to the safety position, and that's the only position left that they haven't added a starter. They've upgraded Marcus Epps from situational substitution guy to a starting rotation. They didn't bring someone in from the outside, either via trade, free agency, or draft. Is Epps up to the task? I know he spoke to you guys yesterday. Um, John continues to say that he did a nice job uh, when called upon, McLeod being out at the beginning of the year. Epps, he was, was solid, not game-changing, but solid. Are they putting too many eggs in Marcus Epps' basket for you? 
You know what? My, for me, it's it's it's. Uh, I'm more concerned about Anthony Harris than I am about Marcus Epps. Uh, like I I think Marcus Epps is fine. I think I think he's ready to step into that role. I would have I would feel much better about him if they had upgraded over Anthony Harris. Like uh, Anthony Harris, the reason that Marcus Epps played so much last year is because Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod both had to be rotated because you couldn't count on either of those guys uh, to play 100 percent of the snaps and because they didn't really deserve to. I mean, Anthony Harris, I think, is a declining player, whereas Marcus Epps is an ascending player. So uh, I'm actually a little bit more worried about Anthony Harris than I am about Marcus Epps. I like Marcus Epps. I think, uh, I, you know, if you look at like what's the last splash that Howie Roseman could make, uh, Jesse Bates, the, the Pro Bowl safety from uh, the Bengals, is reportedly not reporting to, uh, to to the Bengals because he is unhappy about being on the franchise tag and they drafted a safety in the first round. So maybe there's something there. There are not a lot of free agent safeties available who are starting caliber. So uh, if they're going to make a move there, you would think it would be via trade. I, I think it comes down to like the scheme. Do they need a star caliber player there? I'm not so sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel more confident about Marcus Epps than I do about Anthony Harris, to be honest. I'm with you. I've been saying it for weeks, Bo. Yep. Everybody talks about Epps. I'm more concerned about Anthony Harris. I think if, if they do get an upgrade somewhere, whether it's via, I don't think it's going to be the, the splash of, 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 but maybe, uh, Clark in Baltimore. Chuck Clark, you know, right, yeah. Um, because they drafted Kyle Hamilton, they signed Marcus Williams. Um, but you know, Anthony Harris, like super nice guy. Oh, great to tremendous. To. Yeah. Like seems awesome like an guy. awesome dude. I don't know if you watched the videos the Eagles put out, but they had the free throw shooting contest. He airballs oh, two terrible. free throws in yeah, a row. Terrible. No. And then, they did, the, and then yeah. they did the batting practice yeah. and he's whiffing on, he's whiffing on during yeah. batting practice. Yeah. Not a natural athlete, my guy, Anthony, Anthony Harris. I did see the, I didn't see the, ba- I, I, I did see the batting practice. I didn't, row, I didn't last on yeah, the, the free throws were bad. They were really bad. Um, so I'm right. with you. And I, I told John they had no uh, no chance guy. Eagles were drafting Sam Howell because I saw his basketball video, and mm-hmm. he was terrible. And I think yeah. Sirianni puts a lot of stock in that. So yeah, he does. Maybe I, I should it. be surprised that Anthony, <laughs> yeah. Anthony Harris is going to be replaced in the Eagle lineup if he can't make free throws. I, I, yeah, come on. If they get an upgrade at safety – that's where I am. It's going to be for Harris, not Epps. Epps is going to be out there. That's my thought process. But I want to go up a level, too, because the other guy I'm a little bit higher on, I think, than most people on this defense is TJ Edwards. And when the Eagles trapped in Nicobe Dean, I think it's tremendous value. But I think everybody kind of defaulted, though, to, well, he's going to replace TJ Edwards. I don't think TJ's getting replaced. If somebody's getting replaced, it's Kaiser White. Um, and the Eagles didn't pay him. I mean, we've been down this road with one-year deals with linebackers. I think Kaiser's a lot better than the LJ Boards and the Paul Warlows and the Corey Nelsons of the world. But we've been down this road at linebacker before. Where are you on TJ Edwards? Did you see Nicobe Dean and said, okay, he's going to replace TJ? Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm sort of with you. Maybe just a notch below. I mean, I do think that he is a you know a somewhat limited player, um, and it's not like he you know the problem with the Eagles' defense last year was how deep those linebackers were playing, right? And they were just allowing mm-hmm. um, they were allowing those short completions. And and part of the reason I imagine is because of of T.J. Edwards' athletic limitations. I like T.J. Edwards. I think he's a good player. Uh, I'm with you that um, like. If I'm going to guess who's going to play more snaps, it's probably Edwards over over Kaiser White. 
Um, and I think this is one of those, like, you know, uh, Shiel uh, Kapadia will always say he hates when, when, uh, when coaches say it's a good problem to have, that means it's not a good problem to have, <laughs> but I do think like three linebackers, like there's enough, there's enough room for three linebackers to, yeah. to get snaps, yeah. even if you're playing base nickel, um, like I'm, I'm sure that those guys can rotate enough and, you know, whatever the concerns about Nicobe Dean's shoulder are. You know, maybe you take a few snaps off of his plate and, and bring him along a little bit slower, see how he's doing. Um, and I'm with you, like the Kaiser White thing. It's it's just worrying to me that the Chargers let him go because, you know, they were willing to spend on their defense. Uh, they like it seems like they like him. He had a very good year um, and it was not a lot of money that he got from the yeah. year. So why is it that that they were able to get him? That's, you know. Anytime a guy signs in free agency, you're always trying to figure out why is it that he was available? Why did the other team let him go? And so, you know, I am a little bit um, concerned about that still. You know, it's good value. And I, I don't think there's any question that, like, this top three is as good as, as they've had probably at least since the Super Bowl year. Well, uh, Kaiser White's here because it's homeboy coming home. We all heard him say he grew up as an Eagle fan, went to the game. Yeah, from a man. Dying to put on the Eagle green. Yeah. That's why he's here. McCungie's own Kaiser White. Sounded McCungie, good, so I'm buying it. And here's how I would uh, uh, look at the linebacker uh, play breakdown if it were me, if I were Jonathan Gannon, and I just happen to believe Jonathan Gannon and I will see it the same. Where does Kobe Dean fit the best? Where does he look the best? They'll use him in both different positions and get a read on wherever he plays the best, that's whose plays he's cutting into for me. If he's doing as all things, yeah. all things being the same, yeah, maybe I fall on, he'll cut more into Kaiser White. But if they're not, if he's better in the middle, well, then T.J. Edwards is going to pay the price because I just think his upside is better than either of those other two guys. So whatever works best for him would be where I would deploy him the most if I were Jonathan Gavin. I hope it works that way. I, th I think it might. Um, I do want to ask you one more question though, about uh, uh, Chuck Clark. There were rumors floating around that the Eagles talked to them about Jalen Rager, and it was the actually the Eagles who wouldn't want to do a one for one deal for Jalen Rager. I you don't buy that for a yeah, millisecond, do no, you? No, no, I find no. that hard to believe. I feel like no. if uh, you know, if you guys were willing to offer uh, <laughs> like you know, a, a 10 minute spot in exchange for Jalen Rager, I think they would, I think the Eagles would take that. I don't know how we can be, uh, very, he can be. You're right. Yeah, he. he I. I think he would hold out for a 20 minute spot. Though. He can be slow. He can be slow to accept losses on on public failures like that. Yeah. Um. But just, I mean, let's be honest. Like, there's. He's at best, at best, the fourth receiver. And like, if you could get off his his guaranteed money for the this year of his contract as a first round pick. I think I think you would be and then wild you're getting the, a to, proven starter. At a position of need, I mean, he's got to make that deal. If that was on the table, you can't turn that down, can you, Bo? Well, I find that I find that hard to believe that that would have yeah. been the case. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Plus, Chuck that. Clark, a full sentence, a full sentence All Star. We gotta love that. Yeah, full sentence All Star, yeah. Philly guy too. Yeah, you get everything, okay. everything with with Clark. It just yeah. makes too much sense. That's why um, I didn't. I didn't believe that reporting a little bit. That, that do I think Howie probably called like the eleven teams who made a play for James Bradbury. Right. Howie called and uh, the Ravens said, "Yeah, I think he would trade had, him for Michael Jaquette. Yeah, Mike Jaquette. Not well. Mike's got length. We know that. So right. 
Good for Mike Chiquette, by the way, going up the turnpike oh, yeah. in the New York Temple Giants, guy. But... We always root for Temple guys. No, he's not a Temple guy. No, no. Get, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, was it? Yeah, I think it's now just called Louisiana. Oh, I think. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'm former. Um, he is a former wide receiver. So there you go. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Nick Sirianni. I. It's a little bit surprising to me that because of I think all the talk about the defense and what we mentioned, all the expectations now with Jonathan Gannon. And with the offense, it's about Jalen Hurts and can he play the guitar, as you said. He's got all he's got the band around him. Can he play the guitar? Nick Sirianni, you know, a year into this, kind of skating through everything, isn't he? But nobody asked everybody's fine with Nick Sirianni. Everybody, everything's great with Nick Sirianni. No, I like Nick. I think he did a good job. I think he was the best rookie head coach. But are are you a little bit surprised that everybody's sort of defaulting to, hey, we got a we got a good head coach? Uh, you know, I guess so. I mean, I think that's that is the ramification of what you, uh, what you said that he was the best rookie head coach last year. I mean, they definitely exceeded expectations. Um, he was able to change the style of the offense to take advantage of what they had. Um, I think I think he sort of deserves, uh, you know, the the goodwill here. Um, now that said, like you know, they go out and lose the first two games, then you know, oh yeah, then it changes. Yeah, then, then if it they changes, lose we're be... to if they lose to Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson, in yeah, those first four games or Deuce Staley and Halapula Vanti Vitae. Yeah, yeah, no. I think I think he sort of deserves that goodwill. Now, you know, it's it's uh, you know to the same point we were saying about Jalen Hurts. You know, you've got you've got all these pieces on offense. Let's see what he can do with it. Let's see what let's see what Sirianni can do. Like, does the offense change? I think we all want to see is the offense going to look more like it did in the first half of the season in terms of the the run pass disparity than it did in the second half of the season, or are they going to go back to to you know pounding the run? And I'm curious to see what what kind of wrinkles they draw up. You know. We heard before last season that like one of the emphases of the Sirianni offense was, you know, getting the ball in space, that that yards after catch uh, stuff. And that was not really a big part of the offense last year. Maybe A.J. Brown changes that dynamic. Um, I'm just curious to see what it looks like. But I do think that Sirianni has sort of, you know, earned earned the goodwill, at least for one offseason. Now, one follow up to that, Bo. Do you believe for one second that Nick Sirianni is on board or is sort of one of the leaders at least of this scale back in offseason work because i do not believe that for a second there are hmm. two teams in this league with no mandatory minicamp and i think it was zach who asked the question at one of the draft ones of howie and he kind of uh quickly shoveled it off to nick i don't believe for one second it might be right the eagles might be ahead of the curve it might be the way to go because i don't know how much you accomplish in off-season work anyway but i've yet to meet the football coach i say this all the time that doesn't want to practice i only bring this up because if he's getting ordered to do these things and he is a good coach at some point there's going to be a pushback or am, am, am i jumping to conclusions too early yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I haven't done uh, done the digging on that, but I mean, he is he is a player's coach to begin with, right? And so I, I think that he is the kind of guy who's willing to listen to his guys. You know, if you listen to Jason Kelsey talk about it, 
he said, I think on the, on the Chris Long podcast that, you know, he wouldn't still be playing if it was like Doug Peterson practices. They were practicing all season long. His body at the end of last year felt much better than it had. And I think that, I think that Sirianni is probably willing to, um, you know, see the, see the bigger picture, see the long view here. Um, like that, that means more to me than uh, like, you know, getting, uh, the time on grass, as as Doug used to say about grass the spring, gotta get the grass like, done. Yeah, if 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 your guys are going to be healthier and you're and they're telling you that, I think that matters. Now, obviously, I, I would imagine the sports science aspect here plays a plays a larger role, and Sirianni's probably willing to to listen. And also, like the proof is in the pudding, right? So if this is what they were telling him last year, and maybe he was bristling a little bit, he wasn't sure, but then he saw the results play out over the course of the year. I think that I think that he probably is willing to to be on board with that. All right, Bo. Although we are Birds three sixty five, we tackle league issues as well. And I appreciate your acumen about the National Football League. So I do want to run this one by and get your take. Our pal Josina Anderson, who was never proven that she got information from a said Eagle wide receiver about the way things were in the Eagle locker room, but we all believe what we believe. Uh Josina Anderson yesterday came out and said an NFL executive mentioned her that the NFL may follow suit with Major League Baseball, that Trevor Bauer got a two-year, two-year suspension because of uh, problems off the field, uh, violence and the like, um, and that the NFL may want to use that as a guideline for Deshaun Watson that he could get two years suspension. The, the Browns already made the deal. They already gave him the money. Now they might yeah, not guaranteed. actually have to pay it. They may get to keep it in their pocket, but I think don't those, they still have to pay him if he gets suspended? Uh don't they don't have to so. pay him his salary, but it's structured as it's all bonuses anyway. So they're right. paying so him. He, oh, right. Yeah. He's yeah. still getting paid. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, John. Thanks for the correction. Yeah. yeah. He, he'll lose the salary, which is what veteran minimum and yeah. everything else he's right. already gotten yeah. up front. So yeah, the Sean won't be hurting for, for, for cash, but Cleveland could save a couple bucks. They don't care about that. They're gonna have to have someone else out there playing quarterback. Now they signed Jacoby for set during the offseason. And they got a quarterback still on the roster who's everybody's been wet. Baker Mayfield, got to go, got to go. It's going to happen any day now. He's still there. Could Baker Mayfield be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns this year? That's interesting. Um, I, You know, his personality does not seem to me like he would accept that. Um, you know, not that I know him that well. Uh, but I would imagine that he's still bristling and, and pissed off at everybody. Now, now maybe that means that he would, you know, he, he would like to play the sort of the major league card and just, you know, go out there and flip the bird to the front office while he's playing quarterback. That's that, that could be fun. Um, and, you know, it does seem like if someone was going to trade for him, they, they probably would have done it already after the draft, right? If it was going to be Carolina or, or Seattle, it doesn't seem like those teams are, are super interested. So maybe now the Browns are waiting to see if uh, a quarterback gets hurt. But um, yeah, geez. I mean, if, if, if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for two years, I think, uh, you know, I, 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 I usually uh, don't give Roger Goodell any credit. So if he does that, then I would be, I would have to give him a little bit of a, of a tip of the hat because uh, yeah, he, has, I would, he, I, he, I, he I has would, not done that in the past. No, I would be stunned if they set that precedent, but at least Baker could extend that lease at first energy stadium for a couple more years. But uh yeah, he already lives there. So yeah, lives there. <laughs> Doesn't have to. Um, 
that's where I was going. That's why Bo is great. At Bo underscore Wolf. Uh, read him at theathletic.com backslash Billy. Uh, last one for me, Bo. Uh, how was the swoop shake yesterday? Saw you walking out. Mm. Gave uh, EJ and I the swoop <laughs> shake tip, tip of the cap. How was it? Uh, you know, it tasted like a shamrock shake, I would say. Uh, it was a, that was a lot of shake. I did not. That was a lot of shake. 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 messy, too. I'm going to. Yeah. I don't now, want this to. Is, do... we, should say, we should say this is the Wawa, right. uh, Wawa Eagles partnership. Let's give them the credit since they gave us the shakes. Eagles um, Autism yeah. Foundation can get the Eagles them PR left that yeah. left that for us. In the, uh, yeah. No heads up, though. Like, I, I almost didn't go into the trailer. I would have missed no. my shake. I would say I would give it a. I would give it uh, three spoons out of five. Very nice. All right. Three That's spoons. Nice. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four because I was nicer. But you know, Jimmy Kemsky wasn't there, and there was a swoop shake. So I'm hoping somebody picked. Yeah, that I feel up like a lot of a, a lot of shakes went yeah. uh, unnoticed there. A, lot of, yeah. a bit of a waste of the of the swoop <laughs> shakes. But Kemsky missed out, huh? And uh, I, I would have to go straws over. Was it spoon worthy? Is that what no, you're yeah, telling you're me? Right. No, yeah, you're right. It was more straw. It was more yeah, straw. It was straw. It was yeah. straw. It was straw. I, I, I don't need a if if I have to use a, a spoon, then it's not my favorite shake game ever. But mm. I, how about so fr- you don't like a frosty from Wendy's, Joey? No, I wanna I wanna be able to take ah. it to the straw. If I'm gonna get a, uh, then I I'd, I'd actually rather have ice cream. If I'm gonna use ah, a spoon, fair. give me some uh, soft ice cream. I'll go there and okay. Uh, we are glad whenever we go to Bo Wolf for hopping aboard with us here on Birds uh, 365. Mr. Wolf, our pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll have you back on in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bo man. Wolf here with us on uh, Birds 365. All right, we come back. Got a couple more loose ends to tie up. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're Mac and Mac on Birds 365. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank at action news we cherish every moment and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world never miss a moment trust the people at action news in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac. You're back, I'm back, guys, here on Birds 365, coming down the home stretch of a Thursday get-together, a day in which, uh, at least for my money, pleasantly surprised, I'm taking the lead of all my fellow Eagle Beat guys, there weren't too many people who were predicting, projecting and predicting the Eagles going to sign James Bradbury. I was one who clung to the hope that that was going to happen because I was a big uh, fan of the player, and they did get the job done. Market value, not team-friendly, not overpayment, at least my estimation. Well, let, let me turn that into a question. Is that a fair characterization of the deal the Eagles got done with uh, James Barber? I think it's very fair. That's the number. That's the only thing I'm proud of. I, I said one year, $10 million. If it gets to that, I think the Eagles will pay that. And I think it's it gets Bradbury to eight figures, which is fair. Um, yeah, I think it's fair for both sides. Right, and and there were some speculating that the Eagles either didn't have the money or wouldn't go there. I thought they could, would, they did. Good for Howie Roseman. Uh, glad he got that done. Can they make it two days in a row? There's something I brought up with both. And I don't know that you and I, I ever asked it to you as a direct question. Um, you know that I brought up Chuck Clark shortly after the draft because they – Went out and took Kyle Hamilton. They already signed Marcus Williams, the Ravens had. Um, so Chuck Clark seemed to be an extra piece starting safety last several years on very good Raven defenses. Would they make him available? Uh, and the rumors, of course, start because it only makes sense that the Eagles would inquire about him. But there were actually some reports that they offered, that the Ravens asked for Jayla Rager and the Eagles said no. I don't know who came up with that or where that in what world that would be the case. Is there any deal possible between the Eagles to me would have to add a draft pick on top of it to get uh, Chuck Clark. Do you think they would even think about going there? Cause it would be a neutral cap deal. Rager is a first round draft pick makes good money um, about the same that Chuck Clark does. So it wouldn't be something that does affect the cap. They had to fit. Um, Bradbury into their cap yesterday. Do you think they're willing to go there, Johnny Mack? And I, not that they wouldn't give up Rager, but um, to, to add another defensive player and give up a draft pick in exchange, 
Do you think Roseman's uh, um, I think he has proven that he is in his all-in mode. Um, I think there's a chance they're going to add a safety. I think um, it would be more likely to be on the trade market at this point. Um, and Clark is the most obvious for a lot of reasons, and you brought up most of them. I do think if it's going to be, and, and the Ravens need a receiver. Um, they got a bunch of tight ends and they like to throw the football to the tight end, but you do need some receivers as well. Um, and maybe they like the player going back to the draft. I think there's this ludicrous assumption that nobody liked Jalen Rager coming out of the draft, except the Eagles. It's just not true. There were, you know, he was going to be a, at worst an early second round pick at worst and, right. and probably a late first round pick. Um, so there were plenty of teams who liked him, um, and maybe the Ravens are, hey, they know he needs a change of scenery. Maybe they're the ones that give him the opportunity or want to give him the opportunity. But the Eagles are the one putting in the sweetener, not the Ravens. Right. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, we're turning down Jalen Rager for for Clark straight up. I mean, that's absurd. I, you know, I always good at his job. I say that and I get a lot of crap for that. Um, he is a little bit too stubborn. I brought up Zach Ertz yesterday on the show. Probably could have gotten more for Zach Ertz if he made the deal earlier. That one kind of blew up on him. Um, yeah, I think he would, he, he, there was a potential he adds a safety between now in training camp. Now, if you're telling me, is it going to happen before tomorrow's show? I'm always going to add on no, but that's how we proved. That's how we proved, man. He's, he's ready to go at all times. This came together pretty quickly. Bradbury was not out there as long as some people projected he would be. Uh, so again, tip of the cap to Harry Roseman. All right. If we, we make this the cutting edge, I gave you an under over yesterday and damn, if you didn't come through, you almost swept the category, went five for five, except your boy Fletcher Cox. Thanks, Ed Kratz. Um, <laughs> if I put this at the, 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 the breaking edge, Jalen Rager plus a three, or Jalen Rager plus a four? Does it get done at Rager plus a three for Chuck Clark? Or do the Eagles hold firm and get him for Jalen Rager plus a four? Which I, of those two is more likely? I would say four is more likely. I I don't think the Eagles would want to give up a three. All right, um, so the, the, the Ravens say Rager and a three. You're saying no? Would I say no? Yes, I'm making you the general manager. Uh, you are no. Howie Roseman. At this very moment, John McBowen, you've got the deal. Takasa put it out there for you. It's on the table. We'll give you yeah, Chuck Clark. I would do it in a second, but I don't value draft picks as much as NFL teams value draft picks. And certainly not, I should say, I don't value – less than first rounders as much as that. And, and especially when you get to the third round. Yeah. I don't care. What are the odds you're going to get? Chuck Clark was what a six round pick. I, I don't even know. I think it was a six round pick. The odds are you get Clark in the third round. Aren't good. Aren't good. Aren't good at all. Um, so it's, it's sort of, you see both sides of the fence. Um, occasionally you hit on late round picks, later round picks. 
but the odds are against you. And for for a league obsessed with odds and analytics, I don't understand why they value draft picks the way they do, but they do. So for me, yes. For Howie, no. That's Usually you and I look at this exactly the same, that I think there is an overemphasis on draft picks. But the way that this one just falls, uh, it does make you stop and pause and think just a little bit more because this year the Eagles got N'Kobe Dean in the third round. So you're being asked to give up a third-round pick. You go, okay, Rager and N'Kobe Dean? Oh, shoot, I can't do that for Chuck Clark. Yeah, but, but in even, other years, you know, go, even, a third, what's a third-round pick? Go ahead, give him a third-round pick. But and, and I'll say this. Well, what if I said uh Rager and Davion Taylor, you know, yeah. it's a third round pick. All but I, I I would say I would say this about Nicobe Dean. You and I are on the same page. I just temper myself more. Look, I think he's got tremendous potential. I think he's got tremendous value as a third round pick. But we haven't even seen him play it down yet. I know what Clark is. I know what Clark is. Um and he's still young. Uh, I think he's. I know we got to go. I'm looking it up real quick. He's 27, 27 years old, proven player. Same thing with AJ Brown. AJ's even younger, 24. Different stratosphere with the money and all that. But what what Nick Sirianni said about AJ Brown? There's no projection here. There's no Nicobe Dean. For all you like him, Joe, it's a projection. It's still a projection. Clark, not to the level of A.J. Brown. You know he's a starting level player in this league. Right. Not a projection. So we're that's both, where I kind of am. We're both falling on the uh, Sneed position here. F those draft picks. I mean, <laughs> a, a starting uh, safety, that's something you, you need to consider. All right. We'll be back in 22 hours from now. Uh, Howard Eskin scheduled to join us tomorrow, Johnny Mac. Uh, the King, yeah. The King will be here at 9.20, I believe. It should be fun. I uh, screwed that up, but that's behind-the-scenes stuff. And and maybe a Chuck Clark trade. Yeah, neither John nor I think that's going to happen in the next 22 hours. But be back here just the same on Birds 365 in... You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.